Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Come on, this is the happy and alive service. You're the joyful people. Amen. I mean, look at you. I mean, this is the best looking service of the day so far. Uh, the person you're sitting next to, you chose to sit next to him. Come on, how you know that that already is a bonus in your favor? Somebody, somebody chose to sit next to you, so if you felt rejected coming in here this morning, you're already accepted by the person next to you. And if you're not accepted by them, uh, Jesus still loves you. I, f- I feel particularly rejected. Uh, there were two things that happened this morning. So all the Brackpan people that are here this morning, uh, you and I, uh, we, we together in this. There's going to be some boxing uh, because he insulted you guys and he insulted me. Come on, how many slop stuff? Like, like, like who introduces a guest speaker? to make them feel welcome and says you come from Slopstut and, th- and then to tell all the Brackpan people you don't smile. I mean, what a total insult. Um, so I want you to know that I actually got him back. He doesn't know it. Uh, his wife's on his way here uh, and she's Lebanese. So uh, anyway, and uh, because actually, actually the Lebanese people had a party last night and, and I wasn't invited. In, instead, Byron took me to a quiet restaurant with candles and... Um, <laughs> And we spent hours talking and uh, uh, pouring out a heart, um, except that I told her uh, that he poured out his heart because uh, he was having marriage issues. And <laughs> so she had a bit of shock and horror. She's on her way back, yeah, to find out exactly what those issues are, okay? So there we go. So how, how many of you want to see a fight, okay? Like, if she comes through the back door there, can you agree we can just stop the message, get them on stage, and let them finish off the discussion and all the Brackpan people said, are you Brackpan? God bless you. Okay. Awesome. Hey, high five somebody next to you. Come on. Just tell them you look awesome today. You're amazing. Grab your seats this morning. <laughs> so good. Hey, what a privilege to be here um, and um, uh, to be with uh, Byron and Candace, your pastors. Um, n- not only are they great pastors, and they are. Um, they love you dearly. Um, they speak well of the church wherever they go. Um, but they're good friends of ours, and we love them. We, we, we love having friends who also do ministry together because we understand each other. And uh, come on, you know, you all need people in your life uh, that understand you. Ladies, your men will never understand you. So you do need to have some girlfriends that you can also talk to about the things that you can't talk to your husband to. I'm just counseling myself here, okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we, um, we, we recently did a series in our church on the Holy Spirit. I love doing, uh, probably every two years I do a series on the Holy Spirit. I believe it's so important, it's so powerful when, when you understand the work of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is constantly leading and guiding and uh, working in your life and uh, when we get the revelation, some of us think that, um, uh, that it's only for the super spiritual that know how to activate that part of their lives, but actually it's not. And I'm going to teach you so practically today that actually you're listening, you're hearing all the time, you're just not recognizing. 
And so I want to help you uh, through some of that this morning and set you free to believe that you don't have to be a super spiritual, but maybe there's some things you need to recognize along the way as the work of the Spirit in your life. And so I want to talk to you this morning about being under the mission uh, of the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, my original title was under submission, but I know everyone just freaks out at that word and it's like, I'm not submitted to nobody or nothing. So, so I changed the word, but, but really it's just being in submission to the Holy Spirit. Um, it was birthed out of a, a, a few months ago, I preached a, a message from Ephesians chapter four, um, which wasn't related to this, but Paul wrote in verse 19 and he said this, he said, having lost all sensitivity, They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. Notice there's a progression that takes place uh, uh, in that uh, particular verse. And this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying uh, that they gave themselves over to sensuality. The word sensuality means unbridled lust. That's the original Greek word. And, and sensuality has to do with our senses. So when our senses go unbridled, that's what it's saying. When, you, when, when you're allowing your senses, which is the work of the flesh in your life, our senses, see, taste, touch, feel, you, you know, all the senses. When those senses dominate and we don't rein them in, they give birth to impurity. You, you don't do impure things because you're this horrible, evil, terrible person. And, and that's what I wanna show you in a moment. We all have this voice in our world that is trying to dominate our lives and lead us into impurity. So, and so Paul says uh, that, that we, when we give ourselves over to our senses, it results in impurity. And the reason we give ourselves over is because we've lost sensitivity to the things of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's really where the whole series that I did with our church was birthed under. And so I want to talk to you this morning about being under the mission or in submission to the Holy Spirit. What, that, that word submission, the word sub means under. So we, when you hear, hear the word submarine, somebody didn't just thumbsuck a, a word for the cylindrical tube that floats under the water, it's because it's under the marine, under the water. I love that reaction. Come on, you were so on. You're like, whoa. South African schooling career did nothing for me, okay? But one word from the man of God and I'm set free, okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you. But um, under, so anything sub means under. And so, and so when we talk about submission, it means that we're under the mission. We're under the mission. Um, we when I was growing up, uh, if you are 40 years plus, uh, you would have probably at some point in your life owned a 12-speed rally racer. Come on, like, like, like that was like the most common thing on the planet, okay? And uh, I owned one of those, and, and um, they, they were nothing like the bicycles today. You know, the bicycles today, I mean, servicing costs you more than a car service. Uh, you, you pay more for the frame of your bike. I mean, I live in the... In the, in the um, uh, mountain biking capital of South Africa, Durbanville, uh, where their frames cost more than their cars. Like, I'm not even joking. Um, it's just like crazy. But in my day, it was like simple, cheap and simple. 
a rally mountain bike, like, like actually anyone could afford one kind of thing. And, and, and they were very simple. I mean, the gears were attached to a cable and the brakes were attached to a little cable and there was nothing electronic and uh, there was no special, you, you could pretty much fix everything yourself. And so what, what would often happen uh, is that when you're riding uh, your bike for a number of weeks or a number of months is, is that uh, you'd be riding along and then you change gear. And as you change gear, you would hear this noise. Now, I've rehearsed it all weekend, so you better appreciate it. Uh, um, but, but you hear this noise, it goes. Okay, so I can see all the rally owners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and you'd hear that for, for, for a period, and then, and then you're just hoping that you're going to hear that. And what was happening was that, was that as you're changing the gear, it shifts something uh, uh, with, w- within the, the mechanical area uh, on your chain in your cogs where basically your chain is moving from one cog to the next. But sometimes it slips and it gets caught in the middle because, uh, 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 because it's not under submission to where the brakes are trying to take it. It's not falling under the mission. And so you get this slipping and this grinding. And when that happens, uh, especially when you're pedaling up a hill and you're trying to drop a gear, okay, you start pedaling, but there's no traction. And eventually you're slowing down, slowing down, slowing down until you're going backwards until finally it kicks in. Because it's not under the mission of the brake, and so eventually when that happens enough times, you, you, you go home, go to your garage, flip the bicycle upside down, and do a little bit of work there, and then when you think you've got it right, you pedal the pedal. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about, with your hand. And if you were like super cool, you put a little piece of paper there so it makes that note. You know, and, and, and then you test the brake, and, 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 and like you knew you were in a good space, that it, like if within a second to two seconds, it would, it would change over, and you're like, okay, cool. Off I go again. But the reality is that, is that when it's not under submission, it loses traction. Some of us, the reason why we feel we've lost traction in our spiritual journey is because we're not under the mission of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we don't understand why we're not getting traction. We're peddling. I'm coming to church, trying to do all the right things. Try not to swear at the dog, the cat, the boss, the neighbor, my wife. I'm trying not to do all of those things, but there just doesn't seem to be traction in my life. And I want to propose to you this morning that the reason why we don't find the traction is because we're not under a mission, so we're going nowhere. Because there's two people in your life that are trying to put you under their mission. You may not have recognized this yet, but the first one is your flesh, your sensuality, the carnal nature. It has a mission in your life, but the Holy Spirit also has a mission for your life. And guess what? Both of those missions are going in opposite directions. And so, and so what we do is that we've been pulled in one of two directions. Now, some of you are sitting here this morning and go, I'm not under anybody's mission. I, I'm under my own mission. I'm my own person. I don't have to, I don't submit to nobody. Nobody tells me what to do. I, I, I want to emphatically prove to you that you're wrong. You go, how can you tell me I'm wrong? I know, I don't, I, I, follow, I follow what I want to follow. Okay, I, I'll put a challenge to you. How about for, for one month, you do not display any anger? Come on, how do you know? You're never even going to last one week. You go, why can't I do that? Because there's somebody else's mission that's guiding your life. Can I get an amen? 
Come, if you don't give me five, this is the last service of the day. If I don't get five amens out of your mouth, we're going to go on all day. I've got four teachings under this series that I can go through. You won't even know. I'll just flick from the one to the next. And so, and so we have two missions that are constantly trying to direct our lives. And we have to decide whose mission we're under. The problem is, is that the flesh, the senses, has a different voice to the spirit. How many of you have noticed, if you've been journeying with God for a while, that your senses are constantly screaming at you, whereas the spirit never screams, he waits. And so that's the challenge we have, because how do we hear when there's all this screaming taking place? What, what do you mean by screaming? Well, you know, Byron and I went out for dinner last night, and candle at dinner, and we ate, and we talked, and we cried, and did all those things, and it was a wonderful night, and he kissed me goodbye, I, you know. I would say it was a fairly successful first date and uh, woke up this morning, didn't have a good sleep, put that microphone down, okay. I've never had somebody else put on a mic and preach during my preaching. Never in my entire life. Do you it's want to say happen, something? I just want to say that Kryptonians lie. See. <laughs> That is the first. I've never had that in my entire life. Never. So anyway, um, he woke up this morning. He was tired. I was tired. We didn't wake up together. Just in case. Okay. Yeah, it was first date. Okay. No. Uh, but, but we both woke up and we realized we ate too much spirit of gluttony. And, and, um, and so, and so I, I was up a lot of the night. And when I woke up this morning, come on, how do you know that my flesh did not want to get up? And when you're trying to wake up, how many of you know that thing is screaming in your head? Because your flesh is always screaming at you. But the Spirit never screams. He's waiting, whispering, gentle. And so if we don't pay attention to that, no wonder we follow the flesh because we're always just listening to the voice that shouts the loudest. In America's case, it was Donald Trump. Okay. So Paul writes about this in Galatians chapter 5. This is what he says. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. In other words, there's two different missions. He says, These two forces are constantly fighting for their own mission, so that you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Now, verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, so when you follow the mission of your flesh, there's some results. So how do I know I'm following? Well, yes, some evidence that makes it clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild Lebanese parties, and other sins, like the, which I wasn't invited to. That's why I was stuck in a romantic dinner with him, because the other family were having this crazy party, and they didn't invite me. Okay. 
Uh, that's not an exhaustive list, but let me tell you again, as I had before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, verse 22, but, but the Holy Spirit has a different mission. And so how do I know I'm under His mission? It produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature or their carnal nature or their desires. They've nailed those things to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives and let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So what we clearly see is we, we clearly see that there's two different missions. The work of the flesh, okay, or the work of the spirit. The work of our senses, which unbridled leads to sensuality, which leads to carnality, or the work of the spirit, which leads to something totally different. I want you to notice that it says the work of the flesh, but the fruit of the spirit. And Paul's very clear in this because we, we, we work our flesh, but we cannot work the spirit. Because only the Spirit can produce those things, and that's why the only way to see it in our lives is to be under the mission of the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you, I want to give you four ways that you and I can get under the mission. This is very practical. I hope it's going to help you this morning. But how do we get under the mission? Just four ways. Number one, if you want to be under the mission of the Holy Spirit, you need to recognize that there is a battle. You need to recognize, verse 17, these two forces, the flesh and the spirit, are constantly fighting each other. Not, not, just, not just here and there. Every day, there's a fight. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Come on, how many of you know there is a battle between your flesh and your spirit? Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying the fight that you and I are fighting, we think it's a natural fight, but it's not. There's something going on in the spiritual realm. Why? Because the enemy is using the flesh to pull you towards his, his ways and his kingdom, but God is working with the spirit to influence you towards his kingdom and his ways. And if all we're doing is just thinking, well, I'm, I'm having this little battle in my life, I'm having this little fight, and so I, I need to just figure out a way to deal with it, then all we're going to do is we're just going to operate in the natural realm. But what we need to be doing is we need to ask, where is this coming from? Because actually the fight that's going on is a fight for your soul. And if we don't recognize this battle, we don't treat it in the way that we need to be treating it. And so we need to recognize it because actually battles are good. Some of us think battle must be bad because if I'm, if I'm having a battle, that, that means that I'm not a good Christian. I'm clearly not surrendered. I mean, uh, you, you, you know, I saw, I saw Auntie Susie come in this morning and she's sitting in the second row and from when worship began, her arms were raised for 25 minutes flat out. There's tears flowing down her and she's just such a holy, godly woman and, and clearly she's got no battles in her life. Like she's just so surrendered to God that, that everything just is, is, 
you, you know, absolutely, but look at me. I, I'm a carnal. I mean, I walked in this morning. I know I should worship, but I don't want to worship because I just kicked the dog and the cat and I fought with my wife and, you, you know, I'm annoyed with everybody and now I'm sitting next to somebody and I didn't want to sit next to them actually, you, you know, and I'm so distracted and, and, and it's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I worship? I'll tell you why. Because there's a battle. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just a battle. Because your flesh is trying to lead you, but the Spirit's trying to lead you. And actually, we need to see it for what it is. People go, how do I know when God is talking? God's talking in that moment. That's why you're aware of the battle, because the Spirit is gently trying to lead you towards something. But the flesh is shouting, and the problem is so we just surrender to the loudest voice rather than recognizing the battle for what it is. When you're in church and you get challenged by something and, and, and everything in you wants to resist, someone's like, I heard the offering message this morning. It, it, it went on for seven minutes and 42 seconds. I knew it. This church just wants our money. Where, where, do, you, where, where do you think that's coming from? I'll tell you where it's coming from. There's a battle. And if all you do is you walk out there going, you see, they're just like every other church. They just want our money. Then you've given in to the flesh. But maybe the reason why there's a resistance is because the Spirit of God is trying to minister to your life. And I need to open my heart and say, God, is there something you're trying to do or say because I'm sensing a resistance? There's a battle. I think it's people who don't have battles that are not in a good place. Because I think when there's no battles in your life, you've just surrendered. You've just given in. Battles are good for your life because submission is always going to be a battle. Come on, is this practical this morning? Come on, I want to teach you how to recognize the work of the Spirit in your life. Number two, if you want to be under the mission of the Holy Spirit, you need to surrender your desires. Verse 17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. The word desire means to set your heart upon. Come on, how many of you know that your flesh, that your senses have its heart set on certain things, but the Spirit of God has its heart set on other things, and so your desires are in conflict with one another. Now, this is what's so important about desire, is that it doesn't say surrender the things that you don't like. Because guess what? I love the things of God. Now some of you are going to write emails about this. But I love sin just as much as I love the things of God. You go, how can you say that? You're supposed to be spiritual. Well if, I, well, if I didn't love it so much, surely I wouldn't be doing it. Why am I constantly drawn towards it? Because, because sin is awesome. <laughs> so nobody wanted to say amen there, okay? Like you'd be giving yourself away. Okay, everybody say amen. No, 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 loud. Amen. Okay, sin is awesome. There we go. You've already said amen to that. You've just confessed. Come on, sin is awesome. Now, the consequence of sin is not so great. But let's, let's, let's face it, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't awesome. And yes, the problem in our lives when it comes to surrendering our desires is, is 
we think surrendering is, works like this. You, you, you know, if, if Byron got up this morning and said, hey guys, we're in the middle of winter. Uh, there's some underprivileged people who, who, who are cold and we have an opportunity to bless them and help them by providing some warm clothing for them. And so next week, I want you to bring some of your warm clothing to the church and we're gonna donate it and help people uh, uh, who are in need. Come on, how many of you know that you're gonna go home today and as obedient uh, thrive, thrivers, you, you, you're gonna go home today and, 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 and you're going to go through your closet and, uh, and, and you're going to find all the things that you don't like. There's not a single person sitting here this morning that would go home to your closet and go, what is my warmest, most valued jacket? Because it's never a problem surrendering the things you don't like. But God is not asking us to surrender things we don't like. And this is why we struggle. Because we go, but if it feels right, it must be right. If it seems good to me, it must be good. And actually, some of the things that feel right and seem good are not right. They're the desires of the flesh. And when God's asking us to surrender, He's not asking us to surrender easy things. He's asking us to surrender, but, but God, I love her. Surely love comes from you. And we sleep together because we love each other. Yeah, didn't ask you to surrender something that's easy. <laughs> Come on, I need an amen here this morning. So it's getting very quiet here. Some of you are thinking about those things you love right now and you're like, oh, okay, okay. So, so, so how do we surrender these desires? Verse 24 tells us, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and have crucified them there. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I or my sinful nature has been crucified with Christ, so I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Do you know where we surrender our desires, how we do it? We take it to the cross. Think about it in this way. When you got saved, okay, chances were you weren't particularly fond of God. You weren't actually even wanting to serve God. In fact, you thought that Christians were annoying, boring, hypocritical, stupid people. And then you came to church one day because somebody sucker punched you into it and told you that you're gonna get something free and there's a hot girl you're gonna sit next to. And so you rocked up here and God arrested your soul and you surrendered your life to Jesus and suddenly from going like, like I, I have no desire for God, there's something in you that goes, oh my word, I want to, I want to press into this thing. I want to come back to church. I love God. I said, how does that work? I'll tell you how. It's nothing you did. It's something that God did in your life. Yet after we saved, somehow we convinced now, now that I'm saved, God did the work when I got saved, but I better do the work moving forward. No, you don't. You keep going back to the cross. Come on, how do you know that when you're angry, you don't work it out on your own. You don't even try and deal with the anger on your own. You just come and worship in the presence of God. And it's amazing how as you come and you worship or you read the word or you speak to God, God begins to remove the desire and he gives you a new desire. You walked in here shouting and screaming at your wife. In fact, you worshiped this morning annoyed. You know what the best thing to do? Just worship. Because all the justifications you had walking in this morning, as you begin to worship, you just go, it doesn't matter anymore. And you come humbly 
back and go, hey, we're so sorry, man. <laughs> we were stupid. How, how does that work? It's not because you figured something out. It's because you brought it to the cross. Come on, I need an amen. If you want to kill the flesh, just come to the cross. That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit. We come to the cross. God begins to remove those things. Come on, is this helping you? Number three, if we want to be under the mission of the Holy Spirit, you need to follow the Spirit's leading. Follow the Spirit's leading. So, so number one, we need to recognize there's a battle. There's a spiritual battle. We need to say, where's this coming from? Not just living in it. Where's it coming from? Then we need to surrender our desires. We need to come to the cross constantly. We need to be bringing anything and everything to the cross. But we don't just stay there. We need to follow the Spirit's leading. Verse 25 says, since we're living now by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading into every part, in every part of our lives. And so we need to be obedient to the prompting of what God is saying. Come on, how do you know that when you come to church, you, something's going to challenge you and you're going to walk out. And what many of us do is we go, that was a nice sermon or that was a bit of a boring sermon or, you, you know, there, there, there's a guy from Slopstad and he really did put me to sleep like I recognize what Byron said was true. And, and so, you, you know, I, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for Byron next week because it's going to be so much better. And, 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 and we, 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 um, you know, but, but you walk out of your challenge, but, but you don't leave it at the challenge point. You follow why was I challenged? Because the Spirit's trying to lead me into something. He's challenging me towards something. He doesn't just leave me where I am because He's trying to lead me somewhere. Why? Because He has a mission under submission, under the mission. The, it's not that the flesh has a mission and the Spirit's just there. No, the Spirit actually has a mission. He's leading you. Let, let me put it like this. When, 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 when uh, Moses... And, and, and God broke the people out of Egypt. Remember the story of Moses and, and Egypt's slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And then God did those plagues and he parted the Red Sea and he did all those miracles. And he got, Egypt, uh, he got Israel out of Egypt. He didn't free them and then leave them. He got them out of something, but he led them into something. He didn't go, you're free, make a life, happy living. He led them into the promised land. And you know, for some of us, this is why we have no traction because we think that the sum total of our Christian walk is I must just resist the flesh. So you know what? I get a little better at it. Okay, I've managed to give up this and, and I'm not swearing like I used to do. And, and, and you, you know, I'm only drinking four drinks, not 12 drinks anymore. So I'm so much better, you know, and, 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 and I'm doing so much better. And everybody around me is looking and go, oh, wow, you're becoming a good little Christian. But, but yet I feel like there's no traction. And the reason why there's no traction is because all you spent your whole time uh, uh, in your walk with God is just trying to get out of things. But God's not trying to just get you out of things. He's trying to get you into things. Come on. He has a mission for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He's trying to take you somewhere in your life. He's leading you somewhere. That's why I don't stop being greedy Okay, okay, I guess I better not be greedy. I, I really wanted to buy the car next week, but then Byron's seven and a half minute uh, sermon message, you, you, you know, okay, okay, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna do that anymore. You don't stop being greedy, you start being generous. God doesn't help you to stop being greedy. The Spirit leads you to start being generous. I don't, I don't stop saying bad things to be, okay, well, I'm gonna bite my tongue. You know, that's the sole mission in my Christian walk. I'm going to bite my tongue. 
the Holy Spirit is not leading you into biting your tongue. He's leading you into blessing people, saying kind things about people, saying good things about people. Stop worrying about biting your tongue. Just start saying other things. Come on. You, 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 you know, stop, stop worrying about being annoyed with your wife. Just speak life over her, and the annoyance will stop. Come on, I need an amen here this morning. Very quiet. Wives over your husband, stop nagging him to do things. Stop blessing him for the things he's done. Amen. Come on, the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you into something. Not just out of something, but he's actually trying to lead you into something. So we need to follow the Spirit's leading. So if you're feeling in your life like there's something you need to let go of, the prayer we need to be praying is not just God, okay, what do you want me to let go of? But it's actually, okay, God, what are you actually trying to lead me into? Otherwise, we're just, we're just peddling and there's no traction. There's no mission. There's no forward movement. And we're just stuck in the place that we are. Number four, as I close this morning, if you want to be under the mission of the Holy Spirit, you need to tear down pride. Verse 26 says, let us not become conceited. The word conceited means vain glorifying of oneself or, or prideful. And notice that Paul puts this in at the end. It's, it's, it's all connected to the previous scriptures. And I think one of the reasons why Paul was writing this is because what happens sometimes in our walk with God is we go, okay, God, uh, you got me out of something. I'm no longer under the mission of that. And now I'm a good Christian. And how I define good Christian is, like if there's a 50% mark, I'm on this side of the 50%. So there's a lot more bad people there are that, 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 than goodness. In fact, when I walk around, people actually say, you're quite a good Christian. Well, what does that mean anyway? You, you know, when the Bible says all of our good works are like filthy rags in the eyes of God, we're never good. You, you, you know, that's why Paul prays and he said, God, what a wretched man I am. So, 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 so what does that mean for my life? And, and then what happens is we go, well, I managed to conquer all those things, so woe is me, I must be this awesome Christian. And then what happens is we start getting pride because we think that we did it. But we can't do anything. We did nothing. God did everything in our lives. And that's why Christians have a tendency to become self-righteous. Because we think this holy life we're living that everybody looks and says, you're such an awesome Christian, is something we did. And then pride sets in. So now we're no longer under the mission of the Spirit. Now we're under our own mission. Well, I did it. I'm a good person. I lead myself. And Paul says this in Proverbs 16, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. So he encourages us to, James chapter four, humble yourself before the Lord. In other words, come back to the cross because that's where the work began. That's where the work will finish. And that's where the work always continues. And he will lift you up. Come on, I need, I need two volunteers that are close. Come on, come on up here. Kulu, come on up here. Come on, can we all stand this morning? So, so I wanna pray for you this morning. How, 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 do we, how do we fight these battles? Well, the first thing that I need you to know is that the battle you fight is not a battle like you think in your head. Well, I'm going to fight this battle. I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the Spirit. And, and, and I'm going to resist it. I, I'm going to fight this battle. And I hope that I've got it in me to fight the battle. Because what, what I'm then saying is there's a 50% chance, 
The other goes well or it goes bad. You know, am I going to crash and burn on this journey? Or, or, or it's going to go well. No, the, the, the fight you're fighting, the battle's already been won. But this is how it works in our lives. Just grab a hold of my arm. There we go. Before I came to Christ, the Bible says that sin had its hold on me. And there's nothing that I can do about it. Jeez, bro, you, you're strong. Okay. Like there's really nothing in, in the natural or in the spirit. There's nothing I can do about it because sin had its hold on me. That's why Jesus had to do what he did on the cross. He broke the power of sin and shame in our lives. And so there was nothing I could do to free myself from this battle until Jesus came and he broke it in my life. So the battle's already won. The problem is, it's not that sin has its hold on me, it's that I have its hold on sin. Jesus broke it. The devil has no power, but I'm still holding on. But the Spirit is trying to lead me as well. And what happens is, you see, this is why the battle's good. There is a tension. They're both pulling. But it's not a fight. Because at any point, I can actually let go. But I need to let go into something. Come on, have you know God wants to lead you. The Spirit wants to work in your life. Recognize the battle for what it is. Let go of your desires. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And God will lead you into victory. Come on, if you want that this morning, lift your hands to heaven as we close. Come on, that's you this morning. Hey. God, I, I, I want to recognize you. I, I want to follow your leading. I can see it for what it is. I, I hope that this morning was just so practical to help you to understand the tension that exists so that you don't live in the flesh, but you recognize it for what it is. But come on, if you want to be spirit-led people this morning, not just people who get out of Egypt, but actually people who want to move into the promise of God for your life, I'm going to pray for you this morning. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, every hand, my hands are raised up. God, I want to be led by your spirit. I want to, I want to walk with you. I want to know you more. I want to hear the gentle voice of the Spirit's prompting and leading. I recognize that there's a fight in my life, but I say it's a good fight. I'm not afraid of that fight. I'm not gonna resist the fight. I'm not gonna be ashamed of the fight. I'm gonna embrace it for what it is. Man, my flesh is pulling, but the Spirit that has already set me free, Jesus has already set me free, is leading me in a different direction, and I choose to see it for what it is this morning. God, help us, lead us, help us to listen, Help us to walk. Help us not to give in just because the desire is good doesn't mean we need to give in to it, God. We want to resist some of the things that are good in our lives so we can walk in the things that are better for our lives. And so we submit ourselves to you in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, just bow your heads for a moment. Keep your heads bowed. Maybe this morning, before you can follow the Spirit's leading, you need to be surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to God. You've never come to salvation, but you want that this morning. You're saying, I, need a, I want to have a relationship with God. I want to walk with God. If that's you this morning, just pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say, Lord, I come to you this morning. Thank you for what you did on the cross. You, you died on the cross to break the power of sin over my life so I can be free, have a brand new start, and a relationship with you. God, that's what I want this morning, so I give my life to you. Thank you, God, that right now, I'm a brand new person. The old is gone, the new is coming, and I'm born again in Jesus' mighty name with every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, either for the first time or maybe as a recommitment, 
this morning, wherever you're standing, just for my own sake, won't you just quickly raise your hand? I just want to acknowledge it for one moment. If there's anybody here this morning, come on, just lift your hand right up. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Thank you over there at the back. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. Thank you over there at the back. Thank you over there at the back. Thank you. Come on, just one more person. That's you this morning. Thank you over there in the front in Jesus' name. Come on, can we give all these people a great hand? This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.